Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and this is episode 110. We have a great show lined up for you today. But before we begin, we want to thank all the sponsors who have made the show possible. One of those sponsors is Mr. Robert Burke, who has been a guest on the show and has his uh, card game, Battle for Souls. And let's check in with Robert and tell us a little bit about the game. Robert, are you there? Hey, Richard, I'm here. Hey, tell us uh, you're doing very well with this project. Yeah, it's kicked off pretty good. We've raised about $5,000 in the first day and a half, so it's going well. And the game features a lot of uh, classic medieval artwork that's in the public domain, Michelangelo, Goya, great artwork. So it's it kind of doubles as a, a art history class. Well, I think people are going to enjoy it. I know I've, take, uh, I've enjoyed watching the, the success of this so far. So uh, for those who are listening, Robert is a sponsor of this episode, and you can go find his project – Battle for Souls on Kickstarter now. Robert, thanks. You're welcome. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. And now, let's bring out our special guest. My guest today is someone who uh, I've enjoyed following on LinkedIn and on the web who has launched this year a um, their own organization called the Crowd Fundamentals. And I'd like to welcome Rose Spinelli to the show. Rose, thanks for joining me. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. Well, this is a lot of fun. Uh, you and I have uh, talked extensively, and this crowdfunding thing—we've just watched this thing just blow up. Have uh, blow up's not the right word. Uh, explode. Yes, absolutely. It's it's astounding. It's like pressing the uh, clicking on the refresh button, and every time you do, there's a new crowdfunding site. <laughs> it seems like that, doesn't it? Just they're just popping up everywhere, and particularly with the laws changing here for the, our listeners who maybe are aware. Uh, next year, Congress has already authorized that crowdfunding will now be able to raise equity, not just um, what we call rewards-based, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's interesting and fascinating to watch, and I personally have no idea where that's all going to go, but I think it's it's going to be fascinating. It is, and we're already seeing a lot of people lining up to, to do that, and, and the reason is, again, for my listeners, uh, is that right now it is illegal to solicit funds across the internet for equity in your company. Uh, as an SEC uh, rule, it was passed in the 1920s, early 30s, because of all of the wild, rampant speculation that was going on with stocks, and it became a law that you can't publicly seek out funding unless you go through a filing with the SEC. Now, that's ironic because so many of the crowdfunding people that we follow are really oftentimes a small organizations, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So not a threat or certainly not anything that uh, – is going to rattle the universe. No, no. So now let's let's talk a little bit about your background. You have been. Uh, I think you said your background traditionally is uh, in the from the journalism side of right history, right? Right. Yeah, I've been a, a journalist for probably over twenty years, um, and uh, yeah, and the, it's it's interesting. I mean, the publishing industry has really changed a lot. Um, and sort of missed the boat when the internet happened. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And so journalism has become a little bit more challenging. Once articles start being called content is when things started going bad for journalists. So I've been, I've been really looking for something, for a different way to use my skill set uh, because I love to write. I mean, it's who I am. It's really what I do. 
And, uh, you know, just I sort of inadvertently came to crowdfunding when I helped three friends with projects that they wanted to raise money for. And I realized that, you know, I wrote their narratives for them. So I'm just, yeah. Because when we talk about crowdfunding, that's really, people think it's all about the money, but it's really not, is it? It's really about the story. Yeah, it it really, I mean, no matter how you cut it or dice it or shape it, it is about your story. You could have the most fascinating project, but if you don't know how to convey that message quick and early on, it's sadly doomed. And and we see that. Um, You and I both follow the crowdfunding space uh, closely, and we see one project after another that gets up there, and you know they had good intentions, but the the story, the purpose, the the core is just lost. Yeah, there's a saying in journalism: um, "Don't bury the lead." You know, like somebody, you know, don't tell your story in the, don't finally reveal what your story is in paragraph five. You know, tell me at the top of the page. And, you know, don't use complicated sentences that uh, you think is going to make you sound smarter. You know, just be simple and clear and lead with your heart, really. I guess uh, if you're reading a book, you don't want the the climax and the, the last, you know, the the surprise to be at the front. But the key right. here is, is that in the today's day and age, the internet, uh, skimming, blogging, but even with crowdfunding now, you just don't, people just don't have the time or are not going to give you the time. Right. Right. And what I see a lot, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, um, you know, we've been told and rightfully that transparency is really important. And so I see so many, uh, projects that sound interesting, but they lead with how they're going to use their money, you know, and I don't want to hear that first, you know, let's build to that. I want to hear what your idea is, who you are, you know, how you came to it, and then tell me what you need the $10,000 for whatever. But it's, it's sort of, it's deflating or I don't know. It's like, I want to turn the page. I want to go to the next project when I start hearing, okay, well, manufacturing costs are the, and you know, it's like, no, bring that little lower down, talk about who you are. It's like anything else, you know, be a re- when you're writing, think about what you like to read. Yes. And replicate that. And, and we, and we see it so often, you know, they, they want the, here, here's about the money, but you forgot to just tell why do, why should I care? And, uh, yeah. and finding that. And also you talked about being real and the transparent. I've had a few people where they'll post something and I'll go and look. And if they haven't backed a Kickstarter project, that tells me something. Right. Uh, right. Kickstarter or Indiegogo, or if they haven't backed a, a former project that tells me that, okay, you're just diving in. Now they might have done it under a different name, but even then I tell people, no, go back something. Uh, right. Just so people can f- learn about you. If you don't have a Facebook uh, tied to it, that is a warning sign to me. Um, either they overlooked it or they purposely don't want you to know. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this transparency, and I might be completely wrong, but those are some of the things I look through. And oftentimes then if it's somebody who's asking for a lot of money and it happens to be a business-oriented thing, a manufacturing process, I'll go on LinkedIn and look them up as well if I'm going to put some money into this and, and back it up. I, now, maybe I'm putting a lot more effort into it than the average person who just skims it, but yeah, it, it, I, I want to know who you are. 
Right. And I think, you know, like you said, you, you certainly are spending more time than the average person does. But what hits you on a, what you look for consciously, it's hitting other people subliminally. So it comes through any way you cut it. Now, you've been doing some crowd – we didn't call it crowdfunding forever. It used to be uh, cause funding and things. You've had some success in the past with uh, like nonprofits and that type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I guess I've used my journalism background a lot uh, to take sort of veer off the road from it. Um, I was involved. I actually heard about an organization called Inspiration Cafe. This goes back um, – 1995, so it goes back a, a good long time, that I wanted to write an article about located here in Chicago, which is where I am. And it's a, it was a non-for-profit started by an ex-cop uh, who just shared a stage with Barack Obama this year. So she's re- really catapulted into the stratosphere since I knew her back then uh, because of this work she's doing. But uh, So I went to write a story about um, this cafe that she wanted to start for the homeless where the homeless would be treated with dignity and the food, the rest, the menu would be well thought out and not just, you know, soupy or I mean, watery soup and day old bread. And so I ended up staying and I was their first paid employee. And we created, um, I say this on my website, I, um, was doing crowdfunding there before it had a name because one of the first things I did was we, um, did a fundraiser and the fundraiser was an art uh, exhibit. We were, uh, we sold uh, people's individuals arts. And what I did was I went to my friends. I have a lot of artist friends and I just um, asked them if they would donate an, uh, a piece of their work. And that first year we had 40 um, artists who contributed and this was all word of mouth that started with me and then my friends told their friends and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we raised a phenomenal amount of money that first year. And the, uh, the inspired art auction is what it is. And it's still quite successful. And inspiration cafe is now inspiration corporation. So I stayed for about three years and then went back to be a journalist. Dean, a journalist. And then you've helped, you've been involved in the crowdfunding because you've done some Indiegogo, some Kickstarter. You've actually had some success, I guess, kind of being on the background for mm-hmm. those projects. Yeah, I've never um, had a project where I personally raised money for anything, but um, I did it for other people where exactly, as you say, I, you know, their name was out front, but I was in the background sort of, you know, orchestrating how the whole thing would go, you know, responding to basically what the crowd was telling us and strategizing on how to get media attention, because that's a piece of the puzzle that I certainly know something about, even though I'm on the other end, I'm not the publicist, but I know what publicists are looking for. I know what editors are looking for. So I use those skills to help those three campaigns. Um, Two of them were successful. One was successful, uh, maybe not because we used Indiegogo, so she didn't achieve her financial goal, but she, what she made was more than I thought she was going to make. She, and just to be clear, uh, the difference for my listeners, Kickstarter, it's all or nothing. If you don't make your goal, you don't get any money. Indiegogo has an option called the flexible funding. And she set a goal, didn't reach the full amount, but reached a partial amount of that. Yes. Her goal, this was for, she had a sick dog. 
She had a sick dog who had a very rare disease. So normally you're not going to raise, I mean, sad to say we're both dog lovers, but there are so many animals that are sick and people just don't, if you look at those campaigns, very often they don't get the money they need. Uh, but what we did was uh, we crafted the message such that it was an awareness campaign. So even though only Karen's dog was sick, um, ultimately, what we were telling people is this happened to her dog, but the the disease is called blastomycosis, and it's an invisible toxin that dogs could just inhale. And um, if you don't know where it could be found, your dog could get it. So we just made it very, very um, informational and educational, and we ended up having a lot of uh, websites that were animal-related wanting to um, – uh, partner with us and the, our campaign was shared all over the place. So her, our, the goal was $18,000. The dog, Karen made $7,000 for her dog before, you know, they, uh, Indiegogo took their part, which was a huge amount of money. For a sick dog. One sick dog. For one sick dog. That is great. So let's talk about that. Cause, um, in the, la- in the few minutes that we have left of the show, the, what you're saying here is, is that this message, there's two things, message and media. Right? Right. Exactly. Media is not going to pay attention unless, unless your message resonates. Right. So let's talk about the message because so many people struggle with this on, a, on their crowdfunding projects. They struggle with that message and, and, as you said, burying the lead and trying to pull out what is this thing. So mm-hmm. I know that you've got some key points that you talk about when you go to form and create a message. Right. Well, okay. So – it's, it basically is tell a good story. Okay, well, how do you know what a good story is? Um, you have to have every good story has a good has a point, right? So tell us what your point is. You know, another thing that's very key is um, if you have a motto or a tagline that uh, that that your project that exemplifies your project. You know, we talked about the ele- we talk about the elevator pitch. Come up with an elevator pitch. You know, something that's 15 seconds or shorter or a tagline, a few words that is memorable because, you know, people often they're not going to remember your your URL, but if they can remember your little tagline or your little motto, that's going to stay with them. So I think that's really important. Um, I think short, breathable sentences. what What does that mean? That means, you know. That means sentences that don't have a lot of dependent clauses. Dependent clauses are, you know, pieces of sentences. Okay, like if I were to introduce you as, you know, Richard Bliss who lives in San Jose and is a, you know, entrepreneur and has five children and is a soccer coach and, you know, all that. No, just say Richard Bliss, um, Richard Bliss entrepreneur, period. And then you can, in subsequent sentences, we could tell a little bit more about you and then a little bit more about you and a little bit more about you. But, you don't, know, don't cram it all in in the beginning. Don't cram it all in and, and speak conversationally. If you're sitting at across the table in a restaurant with your friend and I'm trying to if I'm doing that and I'm trying to explain who I, I had a conversation with this afternoon, I'm going to say I met this great guy named Richard Bliss. And then I'll go on to say he's an entrepreneur. And I'll say he's into fundraising I, or crowdfunding. I, 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 so I'm not, I'm not a soccer coach. You're not. <laughs> so, so take that one out. So I'm not, okay. So we get. So I got it. So we got these short, breathable sentences. We've got mm-hmm. uh, kind of the elevator pitch. Get the point out. Tell a good story. The other thing is 
you know, read your sentences out loud, see if there's a rhythm to it, you know, and, and that's a good way to see if you have breathable sentences because people are reading, people want to be entertained on some level, maybe not in the same way as reading a novel, but they want, they want you to pull them along. There's a responsibility. So if you read your sentences out loud, you'll understand if, or, or better yet, if you're not a good reader because everybody needs an editor, find someone in your life who's, who loves words, who is going to be honest with you, and have them read it. Named Rose and, and, yeah. have, and have them read it, right. Exactly. Okay, Rose, I'm sending you my, my next article that I'm writing. <laughs> okay. And then, okay. Um, so Have fun is my only last point. Have fun. If you have fun... People will know it. Smile while while you're writing. Exactly. All right. So there, there's the, and we only got a minute or two left here. So there's the the writing. Let's talk real briefly about the media. Okay. How, how do you take this message now and get that message to the media? Well, you know, there, there are plenty of ways to do it. One is to blog. One is LinkedIn. I mean, you and I have developed a really a relationship that I value, and we started out on LinkedIn. That's how we met. You know, these groups are extremely valuable. But, um, you know, if you if you are uh, if you're writing a children's book, you've got to be able to sit down and brainstorm who's going to be interested in children's books. Okay, you know, you might think about mommy blogs. So start looking for mommy blogs and contact those women, because remember the media, whether it's a, a mommy blog or Huffington Post, they need content they need you as much as you need them. So you're helping editors if you have a good story idea. So, you know, you got to sit down and brainstorm on who might be interested in what you've got to say. And then when all those other pieces are in place, don't do it too soon. And we've talked about that. You know, you have to, you have to make sure you've got some buzz on your site and that somebody has contributed, whether it's, you know, mom and dad, buddy and sis or some, you know, somebody, you can't just have an empty page there. No, no, um, no pledgers. Once you've got some pledging happening, then approach, you know, the blogs, approach the uh, multiple websites. There's lots of ways. Technorati is a good place to find uh, blogs that relate to, they're broken down to um, issues. So blogs that relate to your topic. So what you're saying is, is that don't just blast out to everybody. Know yep. your topic, know your message, and then just go and find the people who share that. Because you're right, they're all looking for relevance and content that's interesting to them as well. Yes. And the big sites are probably getting inundated with Kickstarter and, and Indiegogo crowdfunding projects. But there are a lot of little smaller sites that will be very interested in your dog, your sick dog project, or right. uh, whatever project that might be. Exactly. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's the beauty of the internet. It's just, it can, you know, you can find people who are like-minded pretty darn easily. Rose, I very much appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to share your insights with us. Crowdfundamentals.com. Is that what it is? That's me. So if uh, our listeners want to go find more information or they need some help or advice on their crowdfunding project, uh, that's where they can go find it, right? Yes. Yes, that's it. All right, perfect. Thank you very much for being on the show with us. Richard, thanks so much for having me. This has been fun. It has been fun. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, but in this case, it's been Funding the Dream on Crowdfunding. And my guest has been Rose Spinelli, the founder of Crowdfundamentals. And you can find her on the website and get more information from that. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show and been inspired. I know I have. 
Go out. Let's see your project on the crowdfunding site so that we can help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. We'll be here next time. Keep the emails coming in and be sure to subscribe.